This is M.I.P. With Masamela Mafumo. Mark Thompson. Get woke. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Ladies and gentlemen, the Thursday of Indictment Week. God bless you. We welcome you to another edition. Of another Indictment. Another Indictment Week. Indictment week number four or five. We can't even keep up with all of them. So many of them happening. Marcos is back with us always. Marcos Melissa is the founder of Daily Coast, the largest online progressive community and a very important part of our news and journalism. News you can do something about is what we like to call it. Founder of Civics with a Q, host of the ever popular podcast, The Brief. Buddy, how are you on this latest indictment week? It finally happened. <laughs> and it's, it's so good, Mark. It's and, so good. Well, let me just get your reaction to the indictment and the RICO and all of this. And I didn't, I learned, did you know, seems like we got some bad information. I mean, we, the collective we. Because people were talking about the possibility of a, of a Kemp uh, uh, pardon. But then when, as soon as this happened, the news broke that the governor of Georgia really can't, doesn't have pardon power like that. So, no. and, and but people were, I remember, I remember a few weeks ago, people were saying that. I was in a whole conversation about that, so that's good news. But what are your thoughts about this? And this this looks like a, a dog that will certainly hunt. Um, <clears throat> yeah, um, for sure. The the there's there's a couple of reasons this this indictment is so incredibly important, and maybe more so than the federal ones. Uh, one of them is like you say, there's no pardon, and the Georgia legislature right now is trying to change that. They're trying to rush a Governor pardon uh, Bill. I don't know if Kemp would sign it. Um, remember, Trump went after Kemp. Even if Kemp had the power, why would Kemp pardon Trump? I mean, Trump went hard after Kemp, hard. And in uh, the fact that that um, it was those swingy, suburban, college-educated white voters that saved Kemp um, because uh, everywhere else, Trump was successful in um in defeating anybody that challenged the orthodoxy that the election was stolen. And Kemp and Raffenberger, the Secretary of State in, in Georgia, they, they actually bucked that trend. And it's because of those swinging suburban voters that are still registered Republican, um, which is why Stacey Abrams wasn't able to win in the general election. But Raphael Warnock was because those swing voters swung, you know, and they don't like Trumpism, just like anywhere else in the country. So the the lack of, of, of pardon is, is important, but um, almost even more so, the RICO statute is actually kind of remarkable for two reasons. Um, one, it is a very easy standard to meet. Basically, you have to prove a, you know, a group of people um, conspired to commit two crimes. The indictment, I think, has 130. <laughs> potential crimes. I think that's what the number was. And so it's basically, it's like a, it's like a pick your menu. Here's a buffet, just pick two and you got it. You got that Rico con conviction. And there's actually arguments that Rico convictions are too easy from a justice perspective. But in, in this case, it 
does not play well for Trump. And the second reason the RICO statute is critical is because it carries a mandatory five-year minimum sentence. And so there was some suggestion that maybe a judge can do parole. Um, the DA, the Fulton County DA, uh, Fannie Willis, said that that wasn't true, that it actually carried, um, that it wasn't parole, that it actually meant you had to serve time. He may actually serve time. And there may not, it's not a question of a judge. You know, in the federal cases, judges, I almost guarantee he's not going to serve jail time, right? It's just, they're just not going to do it. But uh, in this case, if it's a mandatory, it's out of the hands of the judge. Then great. Now, does that mean Trump would serve five years? Not necessarily. Obviously, there's there's parole and whatnot, right? But I just want him to serve one day in jail. <laughs> That's that would make me so freaking happy. And um, so it is. It is. Um, it is an incredibly impactful act. And, and uh, yeah, if I'm Trump, I'm I'm freaking out. And it sucked in so many of those co-conspirators. And, and I don't think we're done seeing more names come out. I think this is the first batch. So a lot of those unindicted co-conspirators, um, unless we're singing right now, um, may find themselves also in the firing line. So uh, these are the worst people and, and they don't deserve anything less. And I'm glad, I'm glad that Georgia's moving forward. And it's actually emboldening similar investigations in Arizona and in Michigan where Democrats now hold those, um, those offices. The the on the DA side, right? The investigative office. Somebody's going to jail. Somebody's got to. When you have that that many charges, that many people, someone is going to jail. We we've waited on this. It, it finally happened, and this one has a lot of teeth, folks. Is this is this the one that that breaks down any barrier for who, whomever's remaining? that is on the fence and I don't know if he's really wrong and I don't know if our democracy is really in jeopardy. We've talked about these being the two biggest issues, Dobbs versus LaRoe and this one, the issue of democracy. Yeah. Do you think this is the one or will it more so become the one if we can get some actual evidence and testimony before the public between now and November 2024? Oh, Mark, that's a third point that I, that, that, um, I forgot to mention that there are going to be cameras in the newsroom, in the, in the courtroom, which is not the case in the federal cases. I mean, there, this is so different than those federal ones and not to discount the federal ones. Those are critically important and, uh, hope to see a lot of convictions there, but, um, we're actually going to see this and, and Trump's not going to be able to help himself. He's going to try to grandstand and like, he's going to dig himself the bigger hole. Like this is, this is, it's going to be a thing. Um, does, does this mean there, I don't, there's nobody on the, on the sidelines right now. There, right now we're so polarized politically that there's nobody who's going to change their mind now realizing now if Republic, if the Republican primary field was smart, they would all start beating the crap out of Donald Trump because there, there's a, there's a, uh, there's a phenomenon and Mark, you, you, you know, any, any of us who have tracked primaries in the past know that this is true in every primary like all the top candidates have their moment in the sun right they rise to the top of the polls and then what happens is all the other candidates gang up on that one person and they get knocked down howard dean wesley clark um you know bernie sanders had his moment um 
Herman Cain, I think, had his moment, you know, when one of those <laughs> times he ran for president. Uh, it, it's it's uh, Jeb Bush had his moment. Um, Fred Thompson, like, you know, you have these ups and then everybody beats up on them. Why won't they do that with Donald Trump? Like, are they really running for president? Like, other than Chris Christie. And then, you know, you had uh, Mike Pence mildly, you know, criticize Trump to, why aren't they beating the crap out of him? If they all did, it would create a narrative and people respond to like that repetition. And, but they won't do it. They won't do it with Trump. And they're still absolutely paranoid. They're afraid. Uh, they won't touch him. Can you imagine, you know, when, when, when Elizabeth Warren had her moment or when Howard Dean had her moment, if, if uh, the other Democrats would be like, Ooh, we better not criticize him because, you know, the left is going to be angry. Like this is what they're thinking. Oh, we can't criticize Donald Trump because his, the MAGA right's going to be angry. Like there, it it makes no freaking sense. So that's why there it's if we were to see any support chip away, it would have to be from Republicans. And I think there anybody that's an anti-Trump Republican isn't an anti-Trump Republican by now. I don't, I don't see why they would change. But what it does is, and this is critically important, is it keeps the issue of democracy, just like the issue of abortion, keeps them front and center, and that's motivating. Democrats to turn out and vote. And that's the critical issue there. Plus, it's keeping those swingy, college-educated, white suburban voters, mostly women, but I'm starting to see hints of men. It's it's keeping them in the Democratic column. And like we saw in Georgia, they don't, and in Virginia in 2021, they'll swing back to the Republicans the first chance they get. I have encountered some low-information voters of late, though, Marcos, who see, and these are even some black voters, who feel like Trump, believe it or not, is being targeted because he's running against Joe Biden. That Joe Biden action, people are like, what? and you try to explain that to people, say that's not what's going on. His special prosecutor, Joe Biden's not into it. After all, his own son is under investigation. So um, unfortunately, there are just a number of people out here who are not like us, who sleep, eat, and drink this stuff, which you know might speak to you know, our level of pathology, but, but, but whatever it is that people who, like you said, who read people. Uh-huh. So that's, that, that's what I need to ask you. Cause I'm, I'm trying, you, you, you suggested that that has to be kind of a gauge. Is this playing in people? I mean, does people magazine cover this or people seeing this, however objectively it's presented and realize and say, Hey, this is, this is not a good thing. This is not somebody we need to return to office. Cause and, and it's, uh, another piece of evidence has come out the breach of the Dominion voting system. See, the question then uh-huh. becomes, if they have the ability to do that, why couldn't they do that again? No, well, and that, remember, they blamed that on, on Democrats, right? And it was right, them that were doing right. that. Like, it's, it's always projection with those people. Um, yeah, the, I mean, their, their biggest, strongest response to this isn't to defend Donald Trump. It's a claim that it's a political witch hunt, right? And that's going to be that. And, oh, it's a First Amendment, right? And uh, um, it's none of, none of those issues. Obviously, um, I don't think it matters. There are going to be people who are going to think that, and it's going to be fanned by the right wing. And this is exactly what they said during the January 6th hearings in 2022, or remember early 2022, claiming that those were politically motivated. And and, uh, and that's why it was so important to have uh, Liz Cheney in that committee because she gave it a veneer, her and um, what's his face, uh, from Adam Kitzinger from Illinois, because it gave that a veneer of bipartisanship when their argument was that this was a partisan witch hunt, right? 
Um, remember, the issue kept the issue of democracy, and it became a winning issue for Democrats. The underlying reality of our elections is that there are more liberals and liberal-leaning people than there are conservatives, and that disparity grows every single year because we age into voting age. Young people are more liberal than we are, Mark. I mean, they're, to our, they're far to our left, and their voters are exiting the electorate. You know, they, they, they are dying off. And so the, what we Democrats need to do, what Democrats need to do is get our people out to vote. And this holding Donald Trump accountable is incredibly motivating to getting people out to vote. And when we argue that if Trump is elected, he'll pardon himself and he'll pardon all his co-conspirators, that is incredibly motivating to our side. So yeah, let them argue that it's that it's politically motivated. They're going to convince themselves that it's all a witch hunt, uh, just like they still convince themselves that Donald Trump won the election in 2020. It doesn't matter. And one of the one of the things that that kind of cracks me up is they keep saying like, "Careful if you indict him, you don't know what you're opening." And you're like, "Can of worms you're opening up." And like, what are you going to do? Are you going to have an insurrection? Are you going to occupy the Capitol? Are you going to are you going to make up lies? Like they're already doing the conspiracies. Like there's nothing that more that they can do. It reminds me of what's going on in Ukraine, where people are like, oh, don't 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 uh, don't anger Russia because they'll 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 escalate. Like escalate to what? <laughs> they're already, it's already destroying escalated. cities and raping and pillaging. Like there's right. nothing else they can do. They're not going to drop a nuke. So there's. Once somebody has escalated to 100, there's really no more threats. Like, you can't threaten anymore. Right, right. right. Can't threaten to do what you're already doing. Right, right. You, we, we've already seen the worst of it. You also wrote a piece I, I'm curious about as well, where you're showing how Republicans are even discouraging, suppressing the votes of their own conservative women constituency, right? Yeah. Talk to us yeah. about that if you would. Yeah, the it's it's there is what 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 was you know what we've seen with Republicans in the last decade, two, three decades, is that when a voting group turns against them, they don't sit there and try to like think like how do we get this group back, right? So if young people stop start voting against them, they try to suppress the vote in college campuses. Like that's that's the response. If Black people are voting against them. They make it harder to vote in urban centers. So you have to stand in line for eight hours. While if you're white in suburbia, you stand in line for five minutes. And so this is the way they're doing. And so now they're realizing that that they've lost the woman vote. I mean, they're they're getting, you know, they lose it, you know, between 10 and 20 points uh, each election. And more women vote than men. And, you know, it's about 52, 53% of women, you know, um, of the of of the voting polls, like fifty three percent women, forty seven percent men. So again, that that gives them even more power. So instead of saying like, "All right, what are we doing wrong, and how can we do better to win back the woman vote?" What what they're doing now is there's this whole new uh, push to literally roll back universal suffrage, just to deny women the right to vote, and they do that both on they claim it's historical like the founding fathers were wise and they knew you know better and they didn't give women the right to vote and uh and then also on religious grounds that the bible says that that women 
that men should be making all the decisions. And of course, you know how they pick the right, you know, this, this Bible verse or that Bible verse is supposedly support their, their bigotry. And what, what's, it was just funny that, that there are actually, you know, at least, there, you know, there was, I picked out a, there's a whole viral tweet and a big storm on the, on the right wing Twitter space where they were arguing over this woman said, yeah, my husband doesn't want me to vote because, you know, the Bible says the men is in charge. And people were freaking out about that. And for, for real reason, like conservatives were freaking out about that for real reason, right? But that's if you're going to be consistent in those beliefs that say that women should not have the right to vote, then yeah, conservative women shouldn't have the right to vote. And it's so absurd that we had women Republican candidates making those arguments and Coulter has made that argument. She literally says she would give up her right to vote if all the women couldn't vote. I mean, what, what, what is that? <laughs> Can you imagine a liberal making any kind of analogous argument? I can't even imagine what that might look like. I don't, it's crazy. You, you, uh, you cite one tweet from a, a woman um, at, on Twitter, at Reformed Logic One. She wrote August 7th, 2.9 million views, folks, of what she posted. I asked my husband if he wanted me to vote this year. He said, going forward, he doesn't want me to vote. And I couldn't be more relieved. I truly think things like voting and law enforcement should be reserved for men only. And obviously, that's a bit um, um, tongue in cheek, but <laughs> what she's saying. But yeah, I mean, you, you, I don't get there. Again, I don't think they know how to do math. Their math doesn't math. You need that. So you're going to tell your population, women, not to vote when you actually need their numbers to win an election. Yeah, it's and it, it's I mean, it's beyond self-defeating. I mean, you can suppress the vote of college students. You can suppress urban vote. There's ways to do that. You can clear out the voter rolls of uh, accidentally unregistered people to vote like there's ways you can suppress the vote that make mathematical sense nobody's gonna eliminate a woman's right to vote it's just not going to happen so why even talk about something like that like i would not come out and say mark we need to we need to remove the ability of rural voters to vote and then try to and then make a thing out of it like you're alienating rural voters for something that is never going to happen it is so freaking weird that I can't even, but their bigotry runs so deep. Their sense of entitlement and frustrations and grievances that they will say things that are utterly self-defeating with no upside whatsoever. I mean, the other options, you actually have policies that you stand for and you try to win people by, by convincing them, but God forbid they try to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Trump's got a new word, too, folks, as, as a result of this indictment. Uh, he's looking for the riggers. Who are the riggers? Now, if y'all don't get the, the code in that, I don't know what else to tell you. But we know what that is. He attacks Fonnie Willis, and then he starts talking about riggers. We got to stop the riggers. You know, so y'all be clear about what he's doing there and, and take. Oh, Mark, can you imagine how Trump feels having a black woman? have that this much power over him and refusing to call him uh president trump calling him donald mr donald trump like it's 
freaking he's gonna lose his mind. He can't three, help himself. Three black women. You've got uh, Tish Graves here in New York. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Attorney General. I'm like, oh, you got the the woman judge in uh, yeah. in in Washington D.C. I'm sorry, I don't have her yeah. name right now. Uh, uh, I can't remember her name. No, you're right. Um, Three black women had power over him, and he, yeah, he's not going to be able to help him. I mean, he already can't help himself, and there's going to be all sorts of orders where he can't say, he can't threaten. He's going to break them, and one of these one of these judges is going to finally put him in jail for contempt. Yeah, finally, and the one in. Uh... Tanya Chutkin, that's her name. She doesn't place. In fact, I understand she was Ooh. pretty harsh. Yeah, she on... was the Mr. Donald Trump, right? When he yeah, was right. upset, they were upset that he wasn't calling, they weren't calling him president. Right, Mr. Like, Trump. No. She was pretty harsh on some January 6th defendants and their sentencing. And somebody just told me yesterday that in one of the cases, a, a jury in D.C. actually uh, felt a little sorry for this particular January 6th defendant because she was so hard on him. They like they flipped, they said guilty, but they were like, "Oh, you little rough woman, what you, you know? You gonna give him the electric chair?" But but <laughs> I just had, they say she's no a, a, a lawyer. A lawyer told me that yesterday offline. It's like you need to know this. I said really, and some of the jurors and the jurors were diverse. They were like, "Ooh, you 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 rough," but um, <laughs> awesome. So you know th th this is he he really ought to be careful about that. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Okay. One thing I want to do before we go, because we've not actually talked about Ukraine at some point, and obviously one piece here I'm very curious about, where you're talking about um, uh, um, Russia's destabilizing efforts in Africa sparking a regional uh, war. What What's going on there, Marcos? So there has been a series of Russia and Wagner mercenary back coups in uh, several of those countries, Burkina Faso and Ivory Coast. No, not Ivory Coast, Burkina Faso. Um, Niger, just recently, uh, it's the big one. Uh, and in, in Niger, it's it's um, military junta took over a couple of weeks ago. And so there is an organization of West African states that are that are putting together a military intervention force that may or may not, who knows, we'll see, but is threatening to invade Niger to bring back the democratically elected leader of that country. And so you're having this, and this is just in this West African country, uh, uh, corner of the continent. You have African, uh, you have Russia pretty much operating throughout the whole continent. Their West is trying to be hands off just because any, right, there's a colonial past, right? So any hint of European or American quote, meddling is seen very, very harshly. And Russia really has gotten very good at jumping on on that rhetoric and sort of fueling this idea that that um, they are anti-imperialists and they're defenders of Africa's right to self-determination. But what they're doing is they're, they're putting together, they're supporting, all of them are despotic, you know, military, autocratic, you know, repressive regimes. Uh, and then Wagner comes in and then they get the mineral rights to offer that, you know, those, those dictators, um, 
security. And that's where Prigozhin, the Wagner chief, had all his money to fund, you know, their part of the war in, in Ukraine. So it's, uh, it's a very sensitive, very delicate situation. I, it really does feel like the West, are, you know, hands are tied behind our backs. They really can't engage aggressively because again, it's that colonial history and, and it's a shameful, I mean, we can't even, we can just stipulate that, that the West has been God awful on, on Africa. And so they don't have any moral high ground to come in and say like, don't you see what the Russians are doing? Like, they're doing the same shit we did back in the day. And they're just, right. it's right. just them versus us. But um, so it's just tough. And, uh, and in underlying all of that, there's a massive Islamic um, uprising in all of Northern Africa. Basically, it's ISIS offshoots. And we've seen some of these people in the past, Boko Haram, you know, who, who would go into, you know, girl schools and just murder all the girls because they were learning it's 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 a um, it's a serious danger to the region. Um, both France and the United States have major military bases in Niger, so it also complicates that because it's probably in their interest to make nice with the new ruling coup leaders uh, to keep that to keep those um, it's basically drones to keep those drones flying uh, against those Islamic. Um, terrorists. They are legitimately terrorists. But um, it's, it's just what, but Africa, Russia, I mean, Russia thrives on that kind of chaos. I, I think Russia is perfectly happy to see the ISIS uh, help to stabilize those countries because then it makes it easier for them to come in with Wagner and uh, overthrow governments uh, that will then hand them all those mineral, mineral rights. And um, it is in a lot of ways related to the war in, in Ukraine and uh, it is related to this expansionist colonial imperialist Russia. And who uh, um, really, you know, again, it's like right wingers, right? They, they love to accuse others of doing what they themselves are doing. So it's, it's incredibly unfortunate. And I, honestly, Africa does not deserve it. That country suffered enough. Yeah, no, it's no question. It, 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 it don't deserve it. And then, and it's it's really a, a, a catch twenty two because the Af African people don't want the West to help because they've been no good as well. No, it's been awful. And so Russia is exploiting that. I'm wondering though, what, what does what does Russia what do Russia and the mercenaries of uh, Wagner what do they get out of this stuff? So they Wagner gets mineral rights. So um, that region. Like most of Africa is 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 rich in natural resources and diamonds, gold, um, rare earth minerals. I mean, um, a lot of that stuff. And, and so they're extracting billions of dollars from Africa in just mineral wealth, and that's actually helping prop up the Russian economy when when otherwise it's under heavy sanctions. So there's that. Second of all, it's pushing the West. It, it's it's there. There's this whole movement that Russia has been leading, um, Russia and China, to create a, quote, sort of multipolar world. Right now, the idea is that the world is dominated by Western hegemony, uh, hegemony, hegemony, is that how you say it? Um, hegemony, yeah. Which is basically United States and Europe, right? And that it's a colonial view of the world and it's exploitative view of the world. And so what the world needs is a counterbalance to that Western right. Uh, right. dominance 
so that the West can't just exploit the rest of the world. And of course, you feed on a lot of actual Western exploitation, right? That that's that's the challenge, right? Because yeah, yeah. it's easy to make that argument because the West has a long history of exploiting the rest of the world. And um, the reality is, is that and so there's an organization called BRICS, and it stands for Brazil, Russia, India, uh, China, South Africa, and they are supposedly sort of the, the centerpiece of this new global coalition of what they call the global south. Now, it's ironic that only South Africa is actually in Brazil or global south in that. But right. the global south is are these rising countries that that uh, emerging economies that um, maybe are being held down or being exploited by, by the West. And, and so they also deserve to have a say and role in how the world is governed. Um, now, it turns out that most of the countries that are interested in BRICS are, are kind of like Russia and China are, are despotic um, dictatorships. Not all of them. India is the world's largest democracy. Brazil's democracies. But um, a lot of the people that are looking to join, it, it's, it's becoming sort of a, a club for dictators in a, in a lot of ways. Now, BRICS itself is a bit of a mess. You know, China and India are literally shooting at each other across a border. You know, they, they all want, Russia wants a common currency, but no, nobody's going to agree to, a, uh, what, to go with the, you know, ruble. I mean, it, it's, it's, you know, and China is so dominant economically over the rest of that block that uh, they have no interest in subsuming their national interest for, like, the common good. And China's famously unitarian in how they approach the world politics. They have no allies. They literally have, there's not a China alliance with anybody. Uh, North Korea, they're, they're friendly with, but just out of convenience because it's a buffer with South Korea and American forces there. And other than that, they're, they're, they're fighting with all their neighbors, right? They don't have a single friend anywhere. And uh, so BRICS is not necessarily, it's in itself is, is a, threat to to western you know dominance because it's really about money now the BRICS nations are a third of the world's population right india china uh are massive just those two by themselves and indonesia wants to join it's one of the largest countries in the world and and um so there there's a very real possibility that in a few years BRICS might actually have nine of the top 10 most populated countries but if you look at economies a whole different, you know, you have tiny Netherlands has a bigger economy than, you know, India. So it's, it's um, economically, the West is just dominant. And, and, and what happened is uh, there's a BRICS summit happening next week, actually, in South Africa, and Putin went, wanted to attend. And, uh, but he can't because he's, an in, he's indicted at the International um, Criminal um, Court in The Hague. And so South Africa, for a while, they, they actually talked about maybe pulling out of that treaty because by treaty, they're required to arrest him if he shows up. And the backlash was so fierce and not even the threat that Americans and European companies would pull back from South Africa. Just the threat of it led South Africa to back down. So when you talk about sort of the influence of the West, it's not even strong power. It's that sort of soft economic power where you can't afford to piss off uh, Europeans and, and American business interests. Nothing to do with the with the political, with those business interests. So this idea that that the global South will 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 create a counterbalance to American and European um, power. I mean, I'm not going to say it's not going to happen eventually. 
I mean, world history suggests it will. But um, I mean, it's not a thing that's happening now. But that's a, that's a lot of what's driving Russia's efforts in Africa is to pry away those governments that are pro-West and put them into the Russia sphere of that of that divide. And you know, I get to South Africa because I've debated some OGs in the movement who go way back and who still. Yeah, the West supported apartheid, and the Russians supported right, um, right. the African I mean. National Congress, right? right. right. And, and and Angola, and yep, same thing. you know what happened with Cuba, and Cuba supported the anti-apartheid movement. Uh, but I but I tell people I'd remind of somebody that wasn't Russia, that that wasn't this Russia, that was the Soviet Union. Yeah. And for whatever you want to say about them and their issues, they did do that. That's a that's a matter of record. That's not in dispute. But this is something very, very different. And we need to always be prudent about checking the motives. And unfortunately, that's one of the, you know, um, the only thing as bad, if not worse than enslavement was colonialism. And so all of our African nations are still struggling to come back from, from that. But Africa, as populous as it is, ought to be in a position to do anything it wants to do, control its own resources, have its own currency, uh, and it's you know it's not allowed to do that. So everybody's still kind of messing with it, including Russia. It's none of Russia's business. Yeah. It's none of Russia's business. Uh, so um, at one time when I was I remember watching some old film and Kennedy was having a press conference when he was president, and that all the stuff was coming up. What had happened to Patrice Lumumba? And someone asked Kennedy in the press conference. And I guess back in those days, this was a risque thing to say. President Kennedy, do you believe Africa should be for the Africans? And he said, well, who else would it be for? Yeah. You know, and, and again, you know, which kind of demonstrated he was somebody who was going to try to keep going in another direction anyway. They couldn't have that. Right. Mm. Uh, and, and you could tell when he said it was like a gasp in the room. Yeah. He said, who else would it be for? <laughs> if it's not, yeah, it's a stupid. It's, it's almost a stupid question. It's so freaking obvious. And yeah, 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 yeah. The colonial undertones of it, undertones. Right. right. So, so, yeah. This, I, I was, you know, that that piqued my curiosity in terms of what's what's going on there, and and I've said to people, whatever the Soviet Union was, this is an oligarchy. So uh -huh. he is a representative of an oligarchy. This is the Russian mob. All right. So is this who you want calling the shots in Africa? You know, people who still pine for, and, and not to mention Wagner. I mean, how, what sounds more German than that? Anyway. <laughs> there's a, um, yeah, and Wagner was a famous white supremacist, by the way. He, was an, he, was, he, was, he provided a lot of the intellectual foundation for Nazism. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, this is like, Which, that's not an accident. And we're saying it wrong, Wagner. That's what it is. We know what it is. <laughs> yeah, and um, there's, there's this. I, I've been because I've been paying attention to Africa in a way that I haven't probably ever. And there is a strain of nationalism that says, "All you outsiders, stop taking our resources. Build the facilities, the factories to use those resources here in our countries." Uh, yeah, that's all. Fight for that. That's not what Russia's doing, though. Russia's literally replacing itself, and but they're providing protection, which is what the Europeans did, right? They provided protection for certain governments in exchange for extraction of resources. Now Russia's right, right, doing, they're right. just filling in and doing the exact same thing. 
And if anybody calls them out, they'll scream about Western imperialism. And unfortunately, <laughs> it lands because, yeah, right, yes, Western imperialism was and is a thing in the continent of Africa. And ideally, yes, you would build those factories, you'd build that economic foundation so Africa could actually um, develop its own resources and develop its own society in advance because the resources are, I mean, it's a, it's a rich continent. Right. But that's what makes it so, so appealing to everybody else, every other colonial power wants their hands on those riches. That's right, that's right. And, and folks, the resources that we're using now, most of the resources we use now are affected by or solely dependent upon mineral, mineral resources that come out of Africa. Our cell phones, the batteries in our laptop, cell phones, all that, it comes from a mineral called coltan, which has now become a conflict mineral in Africa. Africans mm -hmm. aren't making any money off that. Yeah. Okay, so, so that's what it's all about. So check that out too. That's also at, at Coast, as well as, you know, Marcos is still giving us a regular uh, reporting on what's going on in Ukraine. Uh, I don't think anybody in the mainstream is barely talking about Ukraine much anymore. Ah, uh, no, our, our coverage is freaking fantastic. It is. Like, it I is. am so proud of our coverage. Yeah. You all, is, 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 does being progressive disqualify Daily Coast from being eligible for a Pulitzer? <laughs> Probably. Uh, we, should, we should test uh, that, though. We should test balloon that. Just see, you know, it don't hurt. Just, you know. <laughs> W.B. Du Bois said, Marcos, that sometimes it's still good to fight even if you lose. So the people yeah, will at yeah. least see there was blood on the ground in your tribe. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Let's, let's go to the Pulitzer <laughs> Committee. No, because y'all been, nobody's been doing that. You don't hear about it at all anymore. And now it's wall to wall. Trump, I pitched mm -hmm. a story to, I won't name it, a, a news agency. And he said, Mark, we don't want to do that because right now all we want to talk about is indictment. Yeah. I was like, okay, I get that, but this is like two weeks out. So you might, you know, there's no, <laughs> this is two weeks from now. Nope, indictment till election day. Although I wouldn't mind if that was all they talked about until election day. That would not be the worst. I'm just trying to squeeze, uh, you know, it's a sign. I'm just trying to squeeze 30 seconds, man. 30 seconds on something. I, I know we're running out of time. Let me tell you a story though. I was, okay. I was at Network Station, you know, we were just there. Yeah. And I had a caucus meeting with readers of Daily Coast. And so there's about... 40, 50 of us in a room, and somebody said, Marcos, why don't we, why don't you write more positive stories about Democrats? Why don't, why is it always Trump, Trump, Trump? And I was like, no, nah, you know, we, we write very positive stories about Democrats. Just let me talk today. Here's a story about Joe Biden passing a new student debt relief um, initiative. And then here's another story about candidates running against Ted Cruz in Texas. And, and, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, Joe Biden. And we talked about that for about 30 seconds. And then I said, yeah, but, you know, the problem is that uh, Donald Trump looms large. And I think I said something just like that. And for 30 minutes, all people talked about was, was Donald Trump. And so at, at like about 20, 30 minutes, I said, OK, hold on, hold on, guys. That's why people write about Donald Trump. What did you all want to talk about? You don't want to talk about Joe Biden's student debt relief plan. Like I teed that up for you. Nobody wanted to talk about that, but right, just a right. passing mention of Donald Trump. And you all, you all went to the races. Like they were all excitedly talking about Trump. So I get it. Like uh, we, we, we definitely at Daily Coast, we try to balance the Trump stuff with, with all this other news. Uh, but we, Donald Trump is the stuff that, that drives attention and clicks and, uh, um, it's tough not to give people what they want. 
Well, but aside no. from the financial, from the financial part, right? But, but, but not only that. It, but it's not like this. This news uh, no, medium. I, I'm I talking totally about. Get what you're saying. Yeah. They, yeah. They're just. It's just rope. But what? At least what Daily Coast is doing, as I said, this is not just superbly, folks. News you can do something about. So they're also. You can be a journalist, but also provide information for people to respond, react better. Yeah, yeah. The situation, and that's what Daily Coast is doing. Um, and that's yeah. one reason we ask all of you to support it. DailyCoast.com. And, yes, in any case, you're, I, you need to get your story. I'm sure it's it's <laughs> uh, Trump isn't the only story, and that that's the that's the challenge, right? And, and uh, we definitely don't make it the only story, and and uh, that's a problem when Trump owns all the narrative. He, yeah, he does, and and we need yeah. to. I mean, it is developed. Uh, it's a, it's almost become for some a codependency. Yeah. And that's unhealthy. So we got to do something. Codependency isn't healthy, folks. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to hero.co to shop today. A series with the the podcast, the brief dailycoast.com, another edition of Thursday coast in the books on yet another indictment week. Does the <laughs> special prosecutor, he's not finished yet. I don't think either. He might I don't, some... there's, there's, there's secret documents in Bedminster and you don't add that crime to the Florida one because yeah, you right, have to try gotta... in the location of the crime. So there may still be um, a New Jersey indictment and then we may still have indictments happening in Arizona and, and Michigan. So let's not, let's not, I don't think we're done and we may not be done for a while. Yeah. The rest of us would already be under the jail, folks. Any, any one of us was doing this? Marcos, me, anybody, most of you listening, under the jail. Especially owning our own jet that can fly off anytime it wants. Like, yeah, right. no, hell no. They had to surrender all of that. But he's still running yeah. around and carrying on. So, no, this this is about accountability. This is about democracy. This is about freedom and justice and equality. It is not about one personality and him just saying, to, as he's done his whole life. Yeah. That's his problem. If somebody should have checked him earlier, he wouldn't be doing this. But as he has done whatever he has wanted to do with no consequences, no accountability, no pushback. I'm just doing what I want to do. I'm doing it. I can't be stopped. Where are the rigors? So I can, and shoot somebody on, I can shoot somebody on 35th Street or 31st, whatever street it was. Right. And nobody will. Yeah. And nothing, he, nothing's going to happen. He told us he doesn't care about the law. Right. Doesn't care about the law. I don't like Chris Christie at all. But we will use him if that's what it takes. Okay, yeah, yeah. He needs to, and he does not need to buckle or get weak. Chris Christie needs to prosecute this man. And I will say this, my day. audience, our audience at Daily Coast loves stories about Chris Christie beating up on Donald Trump. That's the story of those media outlets. Instead of just repeating what Donald Trump has tweeted or whatever, done, right, right, socialist. Right. How about write some stories about all the hilarious attacks that Chris Christie so hit have those two bullies going at it. Yep, just, two bullies. Know, punch, punch, punch. Two, Two of the biggest a-holes in the country going at each other. Like, what can go wrong? Like, That's right. Cover that story. It's a fun story. Yeah. And 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 that'll, you know, let them take each other out. Yep. DailyCoast.com. Thank you, buddy. Thank you so much.
Thanks for getting woke and listening to Make It Plain. As always, perform an act of kindness on behalf of an elder or young person. Write a letter to a sister brother who just so happens to find her or himself incarcerated. Offer libations to the ancestors upon whose sturdy shoulders we all now stand. And above all, give thanks to the God of your understanding by whatever name you call her and him. All God asks of us is that we give each other love. Thanks for giving MIP love. And please remember to subscribe and give us a five-star rating. If all hearts and minds are clear, it has been made plain.